Welcome to Jays from Home. Uh, my name is Matt Gower. Uh, Steve, my regular co-host, is away on Manitoulin Island. I've got a bit of a late start today, but I guess that means that I've only got myself to blame. Um, we have a, a great guest uh, later on in the show, Phil Selig, and we're going to be talking all things Cuban baseball. Um, I think I've recorded my intro at least three or four times, so I think I'm going to leave it at that. Otherwise, I will uh, slowly morph into uh, Winnebago Man every time I uh, delete a take. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, listen to us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter uh, handle is at Jays from Home. And, uh, yeah, tell a friend about the show. Uh, it's good to, uh, you know, uh, pass on word of mouth. And uh, if you think that we uh, are great, uh, or at least competent <laughs> uh, uh, source for, for baseball and Blue Jays news, then that, that's great. Um, I guess we'll go right into the into the week's results because it's been a pretty busy week. Um, not exactly the week that the Jays wanted uh, so far, though. Um, they lost uh, the series against the White Sox uh, two games to one. Uh, on Monday night, they lost eight to seven. Uh, Kevin Biggio did hit a two-run homer in the ninth to make it a little bit close, but they couldn't uh, win that one in, in the end. Uh, Tuesday, they lost again in 12 innings uh, to the White Sox, 7-6. Uh, to six. I tried to stay up as late as I could, and they were winning when I went to bed, and I was hoping that they would go to sleep with a win, but alas, they lost 7-6. to six. Um, Gossman, I guess, was pitching through illness in this uh, start, uh, but he, he, he did okay from what I remember. Um, and Springer has left the game with right elbow discomfort. Um, so he hasn't he hasn't been back since that Tuesday game, but he hasn't been placed on the uh, injured list. And actually, on, during yesterday's broadcast, um, uh, uh, Dan was saying that his parents are at the Milwaukee series, so maybe they are hoping to catch a glimpse of him actually playing. So maybe that's a little bit of hope that uh, Springer will be back, maybe DHing uh, Sunday afternoon. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, but the big story about uh, Tuesday was that strike zone from Doug Eddings, and uh, uh, there were a lot of... Uh, uh, strikes that were uh, balls that were called as strikes that really affected uh, the the Blue Jays' fate on on, on this one. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, um, and also uh, the following day uh, we ha- the, which the Blue Jays won uh, nine to five. Um, hitting coach Guillermo Martinez was ejected from the pregame. Uh, while handing out the the lineup card, so because he he was arguing th- those those calls uh, that the next day, um, and so that seemed to put a little bit of a charge into the Jays because they came up to a big came up to a big uh, lead early on. I think uh, Bo Bichette uh, hit a hit a grand slam. I want to say. Uh, yeah, and Teoscar hit a home run, Kirk hit a home run. Uh, so yeah, uh, Kirk, I mean, Guillermo Martinez uh, was ejected pregame while, while handing out the lineup card for arguing those bar- balls and strikes with Doug Eddings. And I guess uh, he, he must have made contact uh, somehow like uh, with, with Eddings while he was arguing because he was suspended five games and uh, fined. I'm, I'm not sure if, he, if they mentioned what the fine was, uh, but he was. He's. But for that uh, for that incident, he got suspended five games. So I'm. So I just wonder. Like a lot of people were, were praising Guillermo Martinez uh, for for st- sticking up for the Jays. Um, does does losing him for five games kind of even that out, or is 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 a coach, you know, sparking his team to win win a game worth a five game suspension? Uh, so it's a good question, and I don't know that I have the answer for it. Maybe if Steve were here, he would have some insight, but uh, it's just me. So I'm not I'm not really sure. I haven't really thought that through myself. I think that probably it is worth it, 
just going through this, just thinking out loud, because, you know, Martinez is suspended for the actual games, but I'm sure he is still working with the with the players um, uh, behind the scenes, like during, you know, while while they're doing warm ups and, and practice and all that stuff. So I think that I think, yeah, it's worth it's worth the five game suspension in, in, in hindsight. Because, yeah, you know, like the Blue Jays need to have um, their players, uh, their, their coaches stick up for them. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, I think that was that was important in the end. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they won that one nine to five against the White Sox. And uh, so they, they pulled out a, a win from that series. Um, and on Friday, uh, they beat the Brewers nine to four. Uh, Matt Chapman hit a three-run home run, uh, a three, 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 sorry, a three-run double with the bases loaded to open up a five-run second inning. Uh, Biggio had another home run in the seventh. Kirk another home run, a two-run home run. Um, he left the game after getting like uh, like hit by a pitch while like while he was catching. Um, I guess it was just precautionary because he was back the next day. Uh, so that was a, a, a nice win for the Jays against the Brewers. Uh, Saturday, they had a tough match in uh, Corbin Burns. He's one of the best pitchers in, in, in baseball right now. Um, it was they, they made it close, though. They lost 5-4. to four. Uh, The interesting thing about this one was uh, they had Biggio batting leadoff. I guess they gave Espinal the day off uh, for that one. Um, One of my favorite players on on the Brewers side, though, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, hit a two-run home run in the second. Uh, and they they really hit Kikuchi hard. He only lasted two innings, um, so they got off to an early. The Brewers got off to an early five nothing lead. Um, Bichette uh, had a home run in the eighth. Matt Chapman had a home run in the fifth, um, and then uh, in the ninth, Guriel batted in Matt Chapman to make it close to get within one run, but uh, they couldn't. They couldn't pull it off. They lost five to four, which you know against against the pitching that they faced. It's amazing that they got this close because. Um, they faced Devin Williams and 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 uh, and and Hater. I want to say Bill Hater, but it's, it's not Bill Hater. It's I forget his first name. Uh, but those are the two the maybe the best relief tandem in baseball right now. Those those two guys and uh, ha- stacking them on top of the best, arguably the best pitcher in baseball is 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 hard on the hitters. And the Jays did well to to, to make it this close. So that's. That's that's the positive out, out, out of that loss. Um, Sunday we'll see Jose Barrios versus maybe the best baseball uh, name going right now, Chichi Gonzalez. Chichi Gonzalez is the pitcher for the for the uh, for the Brewers. So that'll be that'll be an interesting uh, matchup. Um, okay, so um, now we'll get to our um, home runs and, and stuff. So I'll, I'll start with my, my strikeout. I was mentioning this before. Um, Doug Eddings is my strikeout for the week. Um, he His strike zone was 64% uh, accurate when it came, came to calling strikes on Tuesday night. Um, so uh, that meant, let's see here. Um, I'm just looking at his, his, uh, his, umpire report card here um he, it really um he, he called a consistent zone for both a consistently bad zone for both the teams but it affected the jays uh more so um it had uh let's see here what, what did they say um a plus two runs uh in uh for the white Sox. uh uh so that that's how much of an advantage they had over those calls against the jays so so that's that that was that was a a, a a horrific uh, umpire uh, umpire job uh, 
against the Jays. Um, and, you know, they were lucky to, to, to be able to still uh, almost win that game. So, so it was tough, and it is going to happen. But I don't know. Umpires shouldn't be um, in a position to uh, calling a game so horribly. Um, Andrew Stoughton called it like an advertisement for ro- robot umps that game because it, it, it was bad. Um, and interestingly, um, I, I mentioned before that Guillermo Martinez got uh, ejected the next day. It turns out that Jay, the Blue Jays, surprisingly, lead the majors in ejections by coaches. Uh, so that's that's interesting. Um, Charlie Montoyo got ejected uh, twice. Uh, Jimmy Garcia got ejected. Pete Walker. Oh, Charlie, Charlie Montoyo got ejected four times, and Pete Walker got uh, ejected twice, and then Jimmy Garcia got it. Uh, Ejected one time, I think unfairly, but uh, yeah, the uh, the there's definitely just a, a change in how um, the the coaching uh, in general is is kind of advocating for their players. So that's that's I guess you could call that a positive in a way because like it's good to have um, your 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 manager behind you. Uh, my no decision for the week: uh, Boston Red Sox uh, jumping ahead of the Jays in the AL East. Hopefully, just briefly, but uh, you know. I think it was like maybe a month or two, a month and a half ago, they were last in the AL East, and they've 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 gone on a, a very hot run. I don't think in the in the in the long run that their their pitching will hold up, and also the fact that they have you know like if Chris Sale comes back, he's he's notoriously unvaccinated, so you know he's not going to be able to make a difference uh, coming across the because he can't come across the border. So it's. Um, and no decision just because, you know, it's 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 still it's still like only a third of the way through the season, but it's just an interesting little uh little uh, tidbit there. Um Yeah, so uh and my home run uh for the week is Alejandro Kirk. Um he uh is just having an amazing uh just season in general. He's um as far as MLB ranks for catchers, he's uh for average he's first, on base percentage first, slugging first uh, OPS first, WRC plus first, uh, WAR he's first. This is all courtesy of uh, I think there's a Sportsnet graphic that I'm looking at, and here's another one from Sportsnet stats. Um, his average is 321, OBP 406, slugging 513, OPS 919. All 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 first pl- place amongst uh, amongst uh, catchers uh, in in MLB. So so it's amazing that they're getting. Um, such great production, and he's and he's he's fun to watch too. So that's that's my home run for the week is Alejandro Kirk. Um, now now we're talking a lot about injuries. Uh, well, lately over on the podcast. Um, so my it, it came out recently that uh, we I think we talked about maybe last week, or maybe it came out after the podcast. I'm not sure. Um, Nate Pearson suffered a lat strain and had to come out of his start uh, in in Buffalo last last Sunday. Um, so it made me wonder like. Do we think that you know he'll pitch for the Blue Jays in 2022? So that was the weekly poll. Will Will Nate Pearson pitch for the Blue Jays in 2022? And the overwhelming majority, 80% of the the voters, thought that uh, no, he's not going to. We're not going to see him pitch because he's just uh, there's always something. It's always something that that pops up and, and he gets hurt. So it's, it's it's just frustrating to see because at one point, you know, he was like even like being viewed as a, a bigger prospect than than Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa kind of just snuck in there and just. Uh, won all of our hearts, but uh, but uh, Nate Pearson, uh, there was there was such high expectations uh, over what he was going to do, um, and uh, he's just not living up to them, and and just just always always kind of hitting roadblocks bu- uh, amongst his path to Major League Baseball. Um, more injury news: uh, Jimmy Garcia, Jays reliever, is on the uh, 15-day uh, injured list with a left back strain, so that's putting a little more. Um, 
a strain on, on on the relief core. I think that's something that uh, maybe before the trade deadline that, that that the Jays maybe need to to kind of look at is to get more um, more depth in the relievers. They do. They still need some depth in, in starting pitching, as as Kikuchi and and Ryu's injury um, made it quite obvious. But um, you know, if if they're gonna if they're gonna kind of survive some of these games like yesterday, uh, the the uh, who were the relievers yesterday that kind of um, stuck it out for the Jays? It was um, it was Thornton and Castillo. They 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 pitched amazingly in relief to to kind of keep the Jays in the game because they didn't give up any runs after the this that second inning. So so you know they the, the Jays definitely need to um, not um, overwork their relief and get and get more depth in there, especially um, now that we're getting. Um, you know, into the season more, and and you're gonna have just players get hurt. This that's just the reality of of, of baseball. So uh, yeah, uh, that's that's gonna be something to to, to look at for sure. Um, and good news uh, for the Jays. Um, last week, uh, Vladdy was named AL Player of the Week. Um, he had this is the previous week. You know, against the Yankees and uh, the Orioles, uh, three home runs, seven RBI, four oh seven, and a one point two seven eight OPS. So he had a pretty good pretty good week there so it's nice to see um the, that his his early season struggles are, are, are over um so that's just good to see all right now moving on to other mlb news um it came out uh this week uh mlb sent a memo that uh that all teams must muddy the ball uh in the same way so i guess uh, what's happening is like a lot of pitchers have been complaining about the balls just feel too slick and slippery um and this the, the MLB is, is, is saying that, uh, you know, maybe teams aren't or clubhouse uh, personnel or whoever's, whoever's supposed to be muddying the ball uh, aren't muddying them enough. And, you know, this whole situation is, is, is muddy. It's murky. Like MLB is, is, is muddying the messaging uh, when it comes to this because, uh, like, this should be something that doesn't come up in the middle of a season. Like, this should be something that is clearly communicated to all teams and all teams know exactly how to how to treat a baseball. And, you know, they can't just be kind of like making up the rules as they go. Like they're playing catch up with themselves. It's 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 it's, it's pretty frustrating. Um so yeah, the MLB just needs to, I think this is just another like another uh example of baseball being um just vague and obtuse about how the how the ball is treated and 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 what like just teams don't know what to do. Um, at least now, like this, this messaging is saying, you know, like they, they, they have to do a rub it in a spe- the ball uh, with in a specific way for 30 to 40 seconds and has to have a specific color and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, like this, this should have been uh, taken care of uh, before the season started, but I, I guess maybe the lockout might've affected that, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think that the lockout would have affected something like this because this is something that, comes up that uh, that baseball major league baseball should have foreseen but didn't uh it happens it happens a lot with especially with the baseball um with uh, the up, higher ups from uh, mlb um so here's another thing that i was reading earlier in the week i almost forgot about this so there is a new um company based in canada actually called trajectory and they are coming up with a pitching machine that can mimic the th- throws of any major league baseball pitcher um which is is amazing because um 
as I've said before, and, and many people have said before, uh, pitchers are way ahead as far as the learning curve of hitters. Like they have, there's so much more technology available to to pitchers. So it's great that hitters can like this this machine. Like it literally like can can mimic the spin and the and the tail and all all the movement that a pitcher throws. And they even have like a backdrop of the pitcher's windup. So they have like it, it like simulates the windup. Um, so so players can kind of like get used to. Um, the the movement and motion of a certain pitcher and prepare better. Um, it's 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 amazing that they haven't been doing this longer. I guess there've been similar um, technology to to kind of do that. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's it's just funny how like you know traditional just like uh, pitching coach throwing from from like forty five feet out like that's been the, the hitting preparation for for years and years and years and years. But now this this new pitching machine is like is revolutionary and it's amazing that it's an it's a Canadian company. Uh, so this article from Yahoo that I saw this on was by uh, Zach Kreiser and Zach Kreiser and Hannah Kaiser. Uh, they wrote this together and um, I guess there's a handful of teams that have been using it and one team. Uh, was using it last year. So a bunch of teams this year, one team last year. And I wonder if that Canadian team last year, just based on their out, out, like offensive outburst, was the Jays. So I wonder. Like we'll, we'll never know because teams are being very uh, secretive about whether they use this uh, machine or not. But it's just uh, interesting that hitting is taking on a new trajectory, as they say. Um, and then finally, I just wanted, like, there's, there's been a lot of uh, just just heavy political news uh lately um you know it's pride month um and a lot there's been a lot of just people uh like the tampa bay rays famously um there was a bunch of players that came out uh they opted out of wearing pride uh colors for their team and for 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 just stupid reasons um and i just wanted to shine some light on some players who um are doing the exact opposite um Liam Hendricks. Um, it turns out a couple years ago, um, when he signed with the White Sox, one of the uh, factors that was going into with uh, each team that he was considering as a free agency was whether they would in fact have a Pride Night, and uh, if not, would they kind of uh, be more uh, proactive in in, in 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 having one? So that was one that uh, an a particular issue that was that was that was very important to him. So that so so big ups to uh, Liam Hendricks on that. And also uh, for the Mets, Mark Canna and Taiwan Walker, also uh, very supportive of Pride Night um, and the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, they um, have both been very vocal of their support. Um, and uh, Mark Normandin wrote an article about this earlier in the week. Um, they actually uh, bought all the Pride gear for anybody um, in, this, in, in the stadium who's buying it uh, uh, on Pride Night for the Mets, so that's you know just just a really good positive to see uh, players kind of standing up uh, for 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 you know positive beliefs as opposed to just um, just people forcing their their beliefs on on others like and and being um, not inclusive, being exclusive uh, when when uh, when it comes to to, to pride and, and lots of other issues. Like it's important that that um, you know if you if for, for not just baseball for the for for society like people want to be uh, welcome and 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 uh, a part of society and when you see teams like the like the the Rays uh, uh, letting players uh, take the stage and, and be be ignorant it's 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 frustrating so 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 again like big big uh, 
a big, big pride <laughs> to Liam Hendricks, Mark Kenna, and Taiwan Walker for, for standing up, um, for, for being inclusive and, and a positive belief. Um, so um, looking ahead, the Jays um, are playing those Red Sox who have briefly uh, jumped ahead of them in the standings. So that'll be an interesting series. Um, and uh, later on in the week, they're playing. Uh, Tampa comes to Toronto for five games with a doubleheader on Saturday. I guess they're making up some of those um, missed games at the beginning of the year that uh, came up with the uh, late start to the season. So that's going to be um, a, 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 a tough uh, week matchup wise. Um, I guess Tampa's having some injury uh, problems um, and. Uh, Red Sox are just hot, so so the Jays are going to definitely have to be on their game for sure. Hey, if you're at the Toronto uh, Blue Jays game against Tampa, uh, maybe you know, like uh, it, it's, it's still Pride Month. Maybe uh, uh, people should just wear all their pride gear uh, to, to to make sure that uh, Tampa knows uh, that uh, Canada is 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 a is a uh, welcoming nation. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Minnesota Twins check-in time. So their record is uh, forty and thirty-three, and they also briefly lost their spot. Um, as in the lead of the division, not to the White Sox, who you'd think, but the actual the Guardians. They briefly overtook the lead in the AL Central because um, they earlier in the week, uh, the Guardians and Twins were head to head, and the Guardians took two out of three in that series. Um, and I guess there, there, the third game in that series, the Guardians came back uh, late in the ninth and won eleven to ten, which was a pretty exciting game from what I've heard. Um, and then, uh, after the Guardians, uh, the Rockies came into town and, uh, so far, uh, they've split the series, uh, winning one and losing one against the Rockies. Um, coming up, uh, they've got a five game series, uh, in Cleveland, I guess there's a doubleheader on one of those days and three games, uh, versus the Orioles in, in Minnesota. So, um, it's going to be an interesting week for the, for the twins. Like if, if, they just lay an egg against Cleveland. They could just uh, be, you know, if, if they get swept in five games, in, in theory, like they, they could dig themselves a big hole as far as that division league goes. But we'll see how, how Cleveland uh, performs against uh, against uh, the Twins here. Um, okay, time for the Titans check-in. They were swept earlier in the week by the Sussex County Miners. Um, so that was not great. Um, I guess the, the final game was on a Thursday, which was also Karen night. So, so maybe after that sweep, um, someone should have actually asked to speak with the mad manager as, as all, all, uh, good Karens do. Um, yeah, after those results, it was a bit, t- a bit tough, uh, but, uh, interesting, d- just, uh, the, the, they've, the, the Titans have been rolling all season long. So it's, it's, uh, just, uh, you know, the, there's going to be some losses and some series losses down the road, but uh, you just don't expect to see that so often. After that one, they've uh, they played Friday and Saturday against the Rockland Boulders. They uh, won one and lost one, um, and they, I guess the the series finale is coming today on Sunday. Uh, um, I record recording this in the morning, so who knows what's going to happen. Uh, so they're twenty four and eleven, and they're second in the East Division. They lost their uh, their lead um, to. Is it Quebec? I think it's Quebec. I'm not sure. I'm not going to look it up because we don't research on this podcast. All right. So now we will um, uh, have our interview with uh, Phil Selig. Uh, so again, we, a great talk. We're going to going to talk all things Cuban baseball. So enjoy. All right. Welcome back to uh, Jays from Home. I'm here with uh, Phil Selig. 
Um, and Phil, uh, I guess uh, I, I found out about you on Twitter and just just randomly. I, I don't know. I just saw your, your, you comment on someone's post, but it seems like you're pretty passionate about uh, Cuban baseball. Can you tell me uh, wh- what makes you so uh, passionate about Cuban baseball? Yeah, absolutely. So I pride myself as uh, as Canada's top expert on on Cuban baseball, and and I hope it's true. Um, so I do run a website, uh, CubaDugout.com, and uh, focusing on kind of uh, many different parts of the culture. Uh, the the game is currently played on the island. I should uh, give the caveat if uh, if I get a little bit distracted at points, I'm actually uh, watching Game Five <laughs> of the uh, Championship Finals in in uh, in real time. But um, basically, about ten years ago, um, had a friend of mine persuade me to uh, to venture to the island and and uh, to take in some games. Was was impressed with the scale, um, and and ended up uh, on on top of appreciating the game for itself, how it's played there, and for the culture, how it's played. Um, was lucky enough that uh, that I captured and documented some uh, some big names that uh, you know even anyone who's not too too familiar with Cuba but is a baseball fan has probably heard of in uh, Jose Abreu, um, Yoan Moncada would have been on the roster for that game and in subsequent years uh, I've had the good chance to see uh, Yuli Gurriel, uh, Luis Rober, and um, from there really what uh, what cemented I guess the the passion or what cemented. Uh, for me, what made me think I was seeing something unique um, that as internet has opened up on, on the island, some of my photos and some of my, uh, and then later video pieces and whatnot um, were kind of on the vanguard of a growing uh, Cuban internet culture. And so uh, have been accepted in, in that way that uh, many of my photos still circulate when I do have the opportunity to get down and, and, uh, and, and to take more photos are used through, through many outlets, but uh, also glad to say that, that photography on the island and, and kind of that coverage is growing and, and I can call a number of the people that are uh, that are putting out a lot of that good content friends and, and have tried to help them bringing down equipment but yeah overall started kind of on 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 a lark and, and from there it's just been a very uh, open and welcoming community um, that uh, when I have the opportunity to to capture uh, some unique access unique photos has uh, has uh, opened up a, a different world to me yeah, and uh, we were we were talking just before the interview about how you're a videographer, and one of those opportunities, it seems, um, is that you've made a documentary that took you all the way to, to Cooperstown. Yeah, so um, about uh, a few years back, I put together a piece called uh, Have My Etta Will Travel, which is a little bit of a, a play on words. So uh, you're based in Ottawa, and, and uh, back in the summer of 2016, the Ottawa champions um, brought in a couple of imports uh, from Cuba uh, in Donald Duarte, who's a longtime third baseman for Pinar del Rio, and uh, Alexander Mayetta, uh, who's first baseman for Industrialis, the Yankees of, uh, of, of Cuba. Uh, they ended up winning the championship that year the uh, you know the aptly named champions were, were <laughs> champions but uh, my spanish uh, mi espanol is uh, poco poco it's something I, i'm working on but often i rely on on google translate mm-hmm. and so oftentimes what will happen is uh, if a player has a, a surname that's also um you know like a uh, it's, it's basically a noun or, or a common noun um it, it's uh, it, it will translate that so for instance mayeta is very similar to Mayetta, which is a, a suitcase. That's why uh, <laughs> okay, the, okay. crux, the crux of the documentaries have Mayetta, uh, 
well, well traveled, but fundamentally I had a couple of my ETA jerseys and my May ETA traveled. And, and so, um, touches on sort of my introduction, um, the, the structure at that time kind of writ large, a lot of it's still pertinent. I think there have been uh, many changes, but it's kind of introducing, um, my introduction to Cuba and then hopefully introducing, uh, Cuban baseball to as many people that, uh, that care to check that out. Yeah, and I, I, it's one thing that I wish, um, even this, not just Cuban baseball, but international baseball, and it's happening kind of in, in, in a, a little bit quicker now. But I, <clears throat> I wish it was more accessible. Um, like you, I'm, 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 I'm even worse at Spanish. So like having like an English language uh, uh, broadcast would would be would be great to see. But it's nice that even like you're posting the YouTube feeds on your Twitter page, and uh, so it's nice to see that it's accessible and, and free and pretty easy to access. Yeah, absolutely, and, and make no mistake about it that uh, that uh, whole ecosystem is is growing, uh, both from a, from a Cuban perspective, uh, as you mentioned, finding out that there are, there are other people kind of who have a passion uh, similar to me as a creator, but also people that uh, that are interested. Obviously, I mean, there's there's no point in creating if people aren't interested in in uh, reading or sharing that. But have also gotten in touch with, uh, I, I guess, contemporaries that uh, you know follow uh, the Japanese game, the Korean game, um, you know slowly but surely having more people um you know kind of come on board that uh, are adding with uh, insights on on mexico nicaragua nicaragua panama so you know ba- baseball is truly uh, an, an international game and in any way that that uh, those dots can be connected and in any way i can help is is one of the uh, one of the main objectives and what i like to do for sure and ironically i think it was covid that kind of opened people's worlds up to baseball with the with the korean the kbo uh, league and now we're seeing we were seeing in the off season uh, on the mlb dot uh, tv page they were they're airing some some dominican summer league games so that, that that's been great so I, I guess maybe we'll just go right you mentioned that we were um you were talking uh you're watching the the the, the cuban national series as, as we're as we speak uh-huh. right now um can you give me sort of a uh i guess a, a breakdown of what's happened so far and and uh what the stories have been uh, around the around this this the, the cuban world series yeah, so um, the two teams that are playing are the the Grandma Elizanis, and um, who um, I always like to, to 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 draw back to if they've produced any top level talent uh, and at the major league level. So um, probably the most famous uh, Elizani um, is uh, is Yo- is Yoenis Cespedes. Okay. Uh, and his half brother Yoki Cespedes, who who I've chronicled and have um, quite a few uh, photos of and, and videos of on my uh, on my YouTube page, are probably the the best products of uh, of of that program. But that being said, even with those losses, and this will actually apply to their uh, the team that they're going up against in the Matanzas uh, Cocodrilos, the the Crocodiles. Um, you can get a little bit caught up in who's not here, and that can mean everything from defections. But um, a lot of what we're seeing is there's more players that are being um, granted permission to go and play in in professional leagues such as Japan, uh, mm-hmm. such as Mexico uh, and, and Panama and Nicaragua. Um, so so these two teams are, are missing quite a bit of talent, but it's actually a testament to uh, to the programs that they've, they've built that effectively. So this is a rematch of last year's final. And uh, so the so Grandma is uh, going after their fourth title since 2017. So they are a uh, looking to cement a mini dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Matanzas is in their third uh, straight championship final, and they did win the title two years ago. So they're hoping to. Uh, they had always they'd put together some strong teams, but were also were always kind of runners up, and 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 so they won the title. Then they lost the finals last year, so they're trying to erase some of that. Um, Matanzas is kind of a, a unique construction in some ways that um, they've repatriated a few um, players that uh, that went signed. Uh, even had uh, a cup of, uh, you know, a cup of coffee in, in the majors. One other uh, second baseman is uh, Yadiel Mujica. He was uh, signed with the Yankees and played as, as high as AAA. And uh, their shortstop is repatriate Arabella Arabrena. Um, when you see how it's spelled versus how it's uh, pronounced, there's, it's, it's always actually, I, I will say he called me out one time on uh, an Instagram, which was a good sign <laughs> that he saw my content. He's like, you pronounce my name wrong. So it's like, how, how do I pronounce that? <laughs> no one knows, but I think that's the, that's the closest fact. So I'm like, so, okay. uh, so we are recognize we are watching basically um, what has probably become the best rivalry in the league over the past few years. And um, you know, but like I said, between these two teams at the end of this are, are going to account for uh, six championships in the past uh i guess in the past seven eight years so um wow. it's a uh, very very dominant uh, very strong squads so um the series is tied two to two right now um right. I, I people will hear this on on monday so so i don't know if it's any point of updating the score but um what do you, how do you think this series will will, will, will go what, what's your prediction so uh yeah I, I predicted Matanzas at the beginning of the of the season um and they 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 scuffled a little bit during the the regular season they only finished in the, the 7th spot again some of that might be the adjustments they were making with so many players going and and uh, playing with permission in in other leagues so um you know I, I would love to stick with that i don't like to be wishy-washy for the sake <laughs> that they've made it as far as the finals but um you know th- this is a very pivotal pivotal game right now it's their last home game they, they are trailing currently not that it's an insurmountable lead but i think uh you know not that I'm really saying anything too too crazy here, but in a seven game series that comes in uh, tied in, in, in game five is uh, is very pivotal, especially if Grandma if Grandma can take a, a three two lead and then uh, take it back to their uh, to their home field, it's going to be very tough for for Matanzas to to overcome that. Okay, and like how do the, how do these teams match up? Like, is, is one team stronger in pitching? One team more more like a slugging team? Uh, can you tell me a little bit of that? I would say actually they're both pretty balanced that way. In that um, now pitching is always at a premium in in the Cuban National Series. I mean, it's, it's in a premium around the world by and large, even as much as pitching is dominating in the majors this year. Uh, it, it's always at a premium. And what I would say is that the strength that um, that that the two clubs have is, and this is uh, this. Might might be a, a lens to view through if someone wants to know whether they want to, to view Cuban baseball when they get the opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm never going to say it's as good as the majors. You know, I'm not uh, not foolhardy that way. I enjoy the major league product and and, and I enjoy the Cuban product. But people like something that that truly is a bit of a, a throwback. So a lot of the the, the teams, the, the Matanzas and the Grandmas of the world, probably are stocked with pitchers kind of in their in their mid 30s. Even today, I believe Leandro Martinez, who's on the on the mound right now is about uh, 42 43 wow. uh you could probably time him with a sundial but uh if you like the art of pitching pitching to contact 
using your defense, bending, not breaking. So, uh, in fact, probably the antithesis of much of the the true three outcomes that are uh, that are happening in Major League Baseball. So, as a baseball product, it's it, it's different that way. And if you find that entertaining, and is is definitely worth checking out. Whereas I would say um, the reason, the other reason why these two teams are here, that their lineups are very balanced. They're probably uh, through their first five or six hitters, uh, very very contact oriented with uh, with a few um, few power hitters uh, mixed in. Although um, neither one really produced anybody that was at the top of the ledger that way, but uh, some good balanced, uh, some good balanced power and, and a good balanced approach to, uh, approach overall through uh, through the majority of the lineup, and I'd say that's that's why the teams are here. Versus, um, it, I'm not sold that there are, are that many great potential um, pro prospects in the Cuban national series right now for the sake that uh, kids are getting out a little bit younger. Uh, so it's, it's generally, it's a bit of a more mature league that way. But um, as I said, kind of the teams that, that, that get uh, some good average, some good patience um, mix in a, you know, a, a boop, uh, what is a bloop, a uh, bunt and a blast. <laughs> and uh, then, then rely on some, uh, some wily uh, veteran, veteran pitchers that when you look at the numbers, uh, the peripherals aren't great, but again, it's, uh, it's very much uh, an old school bend, uh, bend, don't break, uh, give up base runners, but uh, limit, limit the damage and, and, um, kind of uh, give your team a, a chance to come back and, and win even if you do give up a couple early runs so. yeah well and it sounds like an exciting brand of baseball it does sound like what what major league baseball is trying to uh get towards get away from those three true outcomes um are there any other differences in the game like are there any specific like glaring rule differences or anything like that 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 pe- people would notice differently from major league baseball no, very, very similar that way, even to the point that I do believe that certain analytics and, and certain parts of, uh, of training are, are coming in. We are seeing, um, as I will contradict myself slightly, that uh, <laughs> overall fastball velocities are, are starting to tick up. But um, fundamentally, that, that art of pitching is in that team game, why, why we see uh, players uh, being or, or teams being a little bit more uh, successful. Um, what I think uh, the easiest um, category Categorization of where it's a little bit different is we haven't seen the complete specialization of bullpens just yet. Um, So uh, starters do typically have a longer leash. I've seen uh, some interesting situations um, where managers are more likely to pull a pitcher mid a bat um, and, and not necessarily go to a pure lefty righty matchup. Now it's not to say that they, they don't rely on that in some scenarios, but it's not gospel. And again, similar if people think that, um, you know, that, that bullpen management is just by robots and, and analytics. So, so that can make it very interesting. Like closers in the league are probably a little bit more of, of, of a throwback to that. It's not just the three outs, you, you know, if uh, the dominant closers in the league are typically guys that, uh, you're going to look to, uh, and, Sorry, look to go to for a longer stint in some circumstances, but also managers won't uh, hesitate to bring their closer in in a scenario in the sixth, seventh inning if they think that that's the key out in the game. So, yeah, so so it's it's uh, it, it is a throwback in terms of some of that psychology and, and some of that uh, that management. Um, again, that uh, for a child of the '80s, and uh, I, I still love today's game. Make no mistake about it. But it's it's uh, I can kind of have the best of both worlds and being able to watch uh, two different uh, two different types of baseball product. Yeah, no, it's nice to see all the different flavors of baseball from around the world and and from the '80s. Like having more like more more action and more running is, is something that <clears throat> I think anybody wants to 
wants to see. There's been some news um, in the past month or so, I would say, about uh, the WBC, but uh, they want to field kind of a, not necessarily an expat team, but just a Cuban heritage team. Um, how do you how do you feel about that? Like, should there be another team, or should they try to like combine the two, or what? So, so I've so I've read about this, and and um, the WBC actually might. Uh, I guess what people should understand is, is as big as the WBC is, the World Baseball Classic is. Um, it is just one of the tent pole events, as, as as you'll call it, for the WBSC, which is the mm-hmm. World Baseball Softball Council. And, and another good YouTube page to follow, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so they are the ones that uh, that are, that are providing the uh, the live game broadcasts, and and mm-hmm. so in in high definition. So um, as as mentioned, I link to those on Twitter and through through my website, and and it's fabulous uh, for them to do that. Whereas before, I'd uh, I'd have to kind of scavenge the internet and, and hope that someone was was streaming, and and you know did uh, did have success with, some success with that for a few years, but uh, so so this has definitely grown the game that way. Um, I, I get it. The politics of the island are, are, are very uh, are, are very complex, and and you know, the way I say it is, I, I would love to see the best Cuban team possible um, competing for Cuba to bring them back to any sense of the the previous world dominance that they had. That would be uh, scary. <laughs> yeah, well, so so that offense would make no mistake about it. I think I, I think the world has changed. The baseball world for the better and has has changed. That is more competitive. I mean, we see Japan is very strong. We see Dominican is very strong. Puerto Rico is very strong. American is very strong. So um, the one advantage and and uh, you know the debate was always when Cuba was so dominant in, in the Olympics of the world, leading up basically to the first World Base, Baseball Classic where they finished with the silver medal, was were they effectively sending pros to play against amateurs? So, I mean, there is a serious argument to be made for that. Um, the World Baseball Classic in, in 2006 really opened up uh, the door for, for more players to leave. I know it had been occurring before, but um, th- those first few defections of, say, an Alexei Ramirez and, and uh, then a Yasiel Pui, and then uh, where it seemed to become, um, you know, more and more all the time that, the pl- that they're seeing players that obviously could compete at that level. And, you know, the, the early guys were, were risking quite a bit, make no mistake about it. Thankfully, it looks like a lot of that, uh, that criminal element has been, has been pushed out. Um, but uh, make no mistake, it's still a tough choice that um, when a player leaves that uh, most the, the government will not allow back. Uh, it's, you know, that's not completely steadfast, so, so it is very confusing. It is very complex. But all to say, um, the idea of a separate pro um, team playing in the World Baseball Classic, I think, is just rife with uh, too many roadblocks between the WBSC, between the Cuban Baseball Federation. Um, you know what? What I do hope it does provide, though, is more of a voice. It looks like it's unifying uh, many of the the Cuban pros that are out there. So that so that's good. That if they can help in in, in pushing towards, um, you know, uh, someday I hope there's a unification. Um, I think it's going to take a lot of movement, and I mean that goes between the the Cuban government, the U.S. government, Major League Baseball, the Cuban Baseball Federation, the WBSC, and and, and kind of all all parties involved. So it's 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 not it's you know it's like eating an elephant. Uh, you start with one bite, um, but it's just the it, the politics of it. I think there are too many moving parts. Um, but that being said, 
if it is drawing attention, if they are doing some positive work, if they are unifying at least the guys that have gotten off the island to to have a voice, uh, to push for for some positive change, to push for uh, you know baseball detente is is uh, one of the terms they always use. Uh, if it advances the conversation, then then at least that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and it's frustrating because with um, I remember like Obama was at they they did an exhibition game uh, I don't know like well when Obama was still in office and it feels like they were really close to having agreement uh, but with <clears throat> with WBC being every I think five years a lot can happen within that kind of uh, time between tournaments so so. I think the next one's coming up next year. Am I right? To the, yeah, it's an odd 20, year. 2023, I believe, is supposed to be February. So it was supposed to be 2021. Uh, they, they originally wanted to be on a four-year time period, but, you know, COVID uh, screwing up everything is pushing <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to 2023. And um, so so it's good that that will be back. It's just it's uh, the, the the WBSC is beholden to its its nation uh, members. And, and so... Uh, as, again, as important as the WBC is to grow the game, and, and obviously MLB has a lot of power, um, the, really their their whole raison d'etre revolves around multiple tournaments. So we recently saw there was a U23 uh, qualifier, there was a U15, and so the rankings aren't just based on the WBC. It's it's based on how how nation uh, how nations uh, perform in this. So uh, Cuba's actually been 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 moving up. Uh, in those rankings based on the fact that their junior programs have been doing better. Obviously, there's a lot of money that, that goes out as well for, for ranking or, or for performing in these tournaments. So it, it would also be tough if, uh, if a team of pros came in, where do those, and, and, and if they, they performed well, you know, the, the place show, win, win the whole thing, where do those points go in that WBSC scheme? Where does the potential prize money go to that's supposed to go to the broader baseball development? So there, there's a lot of considerations involved. Again, at least I think it is, it's creating a voice for, um, for, for a growing contingent that do have something to say that hopefully can move um, and, 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 you know, hopefully move the politics on, on both sides of the channel, both sides of the aisle and for the, the myriad kind of uh, power brokers that are, that, that would be involved in something that seems as simple as baseball, <laughs> but in many ways goes beyond baseball and, uh, you know, has its roots in 60 years of uh, 60 plus years of standoff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I, I think, I think based on politics now, where it's, it's, it might be a little slower going. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll end up on some easier, a couple easier sure. questions here. Um, hopefully. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> who would you consider to be the best Cuban-born uh, player uh, playing in, in Major League Baseball right now? Right now, um, I think it has to be Jose Abreu. Uh, the MVP stands uh, stands for itself, and and. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're in a unique scenario where there's more Cuban talent than ever. Uh, most of it is not on the island, but we're kind of in that, that in-between where there are obviously there are a lot of uh, solid major leaguers that are kind of um, from, from a previous, let's call it, uh, era of development and, and kind of where my fascination grow or grew or, or grew out of. Uh, with having success in the Cuban National Series, um, then we have an, a number of players maybe that uh, teams were hoping were, were, were kind of in that same cohort and, and spent some lavish dollars on and maybe uh, didn't achieve that. And then, you know, we've got a, a young crop of, of good young players that are that are coming up and, and either already on a major league roster, you know, uh, I, look at, um, I look at the Chicago White Sox um, you mm-hmm. know, with, with Luis Rover, 
Um, I think he's got the highest ceiling, uh, but has, you know, scuffled a little bit to try and stay healthy. And, and Yoan Moncada, there's a lot of debate there. He's had a bad year after, you know, had a breakout a few years back, taking a step back. Um, sorry. So, so Abreu is where I default, although I, I do have to give, uh, some serious kudos to, um, to a guy who's had a couple of solid seasons already and is really having a breakout this year, Jordan Alvarez. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and, and looks yeah. as if he's going to be, uh, um, he's, he's here to stay. And so, uh, can quickly take that mantle from, from Abreu who's, uh, who's aging out. Um, always have to give a nod. I, I, I lean a bit and I hope I'm not biased, uh, completely this way, but, uh, you know, I, I lean a little bit more on some of the guys that I've seen play on the Island, but it, as it turns out, they were generational. So, I mean, Yuli Gurriel as well, um, even though he's having a down year after last year's batting title, but, uh, have the faith that, um, at least some of those veteran guys that at the end of the year, you'll see that their numbers will uh, be closer to uh, to what we're used to and especially for teams that have uh, have aspirations of, of doing something this year both in the uh, the Astros and in the White Sox yeah, and with Yuli Gurriel a lot of people say like if he had a full MLB career he'd be an, a, a slam dunk Hall of Famer um, now who would you say would be the best Cuban player outside of the MLB it can maybe be on the island or in Japan or Mexico or wherever yeah so um, uh, that's a little bit tougher tougher one to uh, to define um, in that what we're seeing is probably lean towards um, some of the players that are, that are in Japan. Um, now they're going with a little bit of a, a mix there. There's more players that are going over there and, and um, either developing or playing. So, I mean, um, Alfredo de Spain is, uh, is a player that, um, you know, there's an argument to be made might be the best non MLB slugger of, uh, of Cuban descent, or at least of, 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 you know, the past 20 years, this, this century, um, he's looking a little bit older now, but still, you know, going, going and getting paid good for him over with, uh, mm-hmm. with the soft box. Um, you know, in, in that pipeline they're they're focusing a little bit more on pitching. So there's some good electric arms that are, that are pitching over in, uh, in Japan and have been in, in, uh, Levan Moinello, Relo Martinez. Um, so it, it's a good mix there. We haven't seen necessarily that transcendent breakout star there just yet, um, versus the number of kids though, that are, um, you know, kind of uh, working their way if they've either signed during the international period or currently in a major league uh, pipeline. And there's there's a number of players as well that are actually um, playing at the college route and hoping to go through the draft, thinking that um, thinking that the uh, the that the international signing period there's a lot of speculation that eventually will be done away with, and that effectively there will be an international draft. Uh, so some players are are preparing for that in advance, as we've seen a lot of pressure. Uh, pressure on signing bonuses, um, just based on, uh, the fact that, you know, the past two signing periods have almost been amalgamated thanks to, to COVID dates have been shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's put, that's put pressure on the available dollars, but also the sheer, uh, number of players that are becoming available. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tougher for a lot of the kids that are, that are, that are coming out to get that, uh, that big deal. So it looks like those days are, are gone. Um, you know. 
for every player that uh, Jose Abreu, that the White Sox can look and say, you know, that was a fabulous signing. There are the uh, Rusdy Castillos of the world where, where teams might like a mulligan. So uh, <laughs> they're trying to figure out um, there's always Major League Baseball is always fighting for cost certainty. Make no mistake about it. They always want their their assets for for cheaper and, and they're starting to get that. So it's um, it's 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 a changing and it's an always evolving landscape. Well, great. Well, Phil, thanks so much for joining me. I'm so glad that we were able to talk Cuban baseball here from Ottawa. It's a it's a it's a small world sometimes. Um, tell everybody um, how to find your work, how to find you on Twitter. Absolutely. I've tried to make that as simple as possible. So uh, again, the website is cubadugout.com and my uh, my handles, uh, or you can check me out on Facebook, uh, Cuba Dugout, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Same thing, all under uh, under the, the Cuba Dugout banner. Great. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, great talk. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny um, just how small of a world baseball is uh you know here i am in ottawa talking to another guy on the internet also in ottawa about cuban cuban baseball um it's just it's just nice to to be able to talk uh baseball with other other people and 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 it's such an international sport but it turns out that the both the two people talking about this international sport are both both kind of around the corner from each other talking via Skype. So that, that, that I just thought that was interesting and, and, and fun. Baseball baseball is is, is fun. You, people forget about that. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna gonna check and see what the um, Cuban World Series is at now because while we were talking, um, I guess it was in the middle of Game Five and uh, Matanzas uh, they won. Uh, that game, so they are leading the series three to two, and I guess um, later on today, on Sunday this afternoon, um, they could win the Cuban National Series, the Cuban World Series, uh, with a win. They could they could wrap everything up. So um, interesting. Uh, that'd be interesting to kind of take a peek on. So make sure to follow uh, Phil Selig. Uh, he he has streams of all the um, information on, on how to stream all the all the Cuban games. It's interesting just to see the the, the aesthetics of of uh, those Cuban. Uh, uh, baseball fields compared to um, compared to what we're used to seeing because it's you know like the the scoreboards are all very basic you know just just kind of like uh, light bulbs uh, lighting no 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 crazy graphics and the grass looks you know you know I guess there's not as much money going into these stadiums the grass looks a little a little more worn and and older it looks like we're watching kind of old school ba- baseball but in, in the modern day and it's just a um, just interesting uh, product to, to 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 experience and enjoy and just again like the you, you hear the crowd going crazy there's 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 you know like drums and trumpets and and, and constant noise like going out through the whole game so it's just uh, neat to see that different uh different uh, atmosphere going on in the games so yeah great great talk thanks again to phil and, and yeah make sure to follow him and, and check out his he's got a little great uh, documentary um about uh, some Ottawa champion uh, players ca- who came from Cuba uh, and his 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 journeys in, in, in Cuban baseball, and he actually uh, uh, screened that at the uh, Cooperstown, I guess, film festival about uh, five years ago. So that's that's uh, a neat uh, documentary to check out. Um, yeah. Okay. So now some personal stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah, start, start with the strikeout. Um, I'm not sure why it is, but somehow the kids seem to time uh, their sickness uh, for for the weekends. So it makes it very difficult to um, just be able to 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 have fun on the weekends when you got uh, 
kids with their nose running and coughing all the time and fevers and stuff and it, it just makes things very 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 difficult so so they need to they need to work on that timing but i guess if they were to get sick on the weekdays that's that's even even harder because you have to like get to get to work on the next day and everything but yeah i am i am um i am going into i think we're into i'm not sure if it's week two or phase two or phase three or week three of whatever cold this is but uh it's a it's a hard one because it's just coughing all the all the time and 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 uh some i think i'm over the worst of my, my stuffiness but uh yeah that's that's it's, it's the worst and, and kids just choose the weekends to get sick when, when you want to just kind of sit back and we were going to watch jurassic park last night but uh, bo decided that he did not want to sleep in his crib he wanted to sleep on the couch so we we did not watch jurassic park because i think that might that movie might uh have woken him up i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure but uh we'll have to watch it another time when the kids are not sick which probably will i guess will be never um so my, my, my no decision um, are YouTube ads while I'm trying to nap. So, you know, like we, the kids have been sick all week, you know, um, sometimes you just need some quiet time on the couch, especially with this hot weather that's going on. Uh, so you, so and, and if they're just sitting quietly and watching, you know, YouTube videos, I can maybe sneak in a quick nap. But if they're watching YouTube, which is their, their current uh, favorite thing to watch, YouTube videos, uh all these ads pop up every like 10 or 15 minutes so it ruins the nap so it's it it it, it is very uh disruptive to to getting in like you know a, a good like 15 20 minute nap uh while the kids are watching tv because these ads need to be skipped or, or paused or whatever so it's it's it's, it's frustrating these, these these youtube ads also frustrating is this cough that i have I'm, I'm i'm doing my best to edit them all out but uh yeah they are they are coming up so if you hear some choppiness in the editing it's because i am coughing my lungs out currently it's, it's very frustrating um my home run um is tuna fish my home run is tuna fish because it entertains leo to no end it seems uh first of all like he likes making tuna fish sandwiches with me. He likes mixing up, mixing it up in the bowl. So there's entertainment part number one. Entertainment part number two is just his enjoyment of of eating it. And then and then afterwards, the uh, he can he can he can make his own tuna tuna fish sculptures. He takes it in his hands and he mushes it up and 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 plays with it. And he has 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 all sorts of fun with it. Um, until uh, until the end when it ends up all inevitably on the floor. But uh, who cares about Play-Doh? Who cares about about uh, clay or 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 coloring books? Uh, tuna fish is is the best way to entertain your preschooler. So uh, uh, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, you might need some seasoning for it. Maybe some mayonnaise too. Some some sandwich bread. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, tuna fish uh, is 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 Leo's new uh, favorite sandwich uh, filling. So th- there you go. All right. So next week, I think I am solo again. Not sure uh, who I will have for a guest just yet, but uh, it should be a very interesting week to talk about uh, Jay's baseball because, uh, like I said before, Boston and Tampa Bay are are, are coming into town. So uh, there is going to be some some very competitive and uh, and hard fought uh, baseball to be played. So uh, yeah, looking forward to watching those games and uh, looking forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye.